with cotton candy. Sorry, we're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> That's the charm. This episode was the episode that will be known as the most annoying background music. Like, everyone's just doing Could be. background making Well, But then again, who knows? <laughs> There's always next week. <laughs> Stay tuned for Living Writers, if you dare. <laughs> afternoon. You are listening to The Living Writers Show. My name is T. Hetzel, and today I'm sitting with Thylius Moss. Welcome, Thylius. Welcome to the studio. It's good to be here. Uh, great to have you. Um, so, as, as normal with The Living Writers Show, um, we'll start with, um, I'll read the biography that's um, in the back, the back page of uh, your most recent book out, Tokyo Butter. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna hear some poems from Tokyo Butter. Thylis will read, and some new work too, which is uh, very exciting. So, uh, without further ado, about the author. Thylius Moss is the author of seven previous volumes of poetry, most recently Slave Moth, a narrative in verse, named best poetry book of 2004 by Black Issues Book Review. Last Chance for the Tarzan Holler, a National Book Critics Circle Award finalist, Small Congregations, New and Selected Poems, and Rainbow Remnants in Rock Bottom Ghetto Sky, winner of the 1991 National Poetry Series Open Competition and the Ohioan Book Award. Her other books include a memoir, Tale of a Sky Blue Dress, and a children's book, I Want to Be. A 1996 Fellow of the MacArthur Foundation and a recipient of a Whiting Writers Award, she has also received grants from, among others, the Guggenheim Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and the Keenan Charitable Trust. She is a professor of poetics and creative writing at the University of Michigan and lives here in Ann Arbor. Um, Thylius, welcome again. I'll just keep welcoming you for the first 10 minutes, right? <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. And so, and you were born in Cleveland, Ohio. I was indeed. And so Ohioan, that's qu quite a great word to say, isn't it? The sound quality of that. Yes, it is, though. I, I don't recall that I've ever said it. Really? Really. That's, and still you haven't. No. It's <laughs> not saying it and holding. <laughs> right, right. And, and you also have um, more than one children's book. 
right? There's the other one. Uh, because uh, I thought when I was looking, in researching well, you. <laughs> I would s- certainly like to think that um, some of my books, um, whether or not they are called books for children, could be appreciated by some children. And Slave Moth, uh, the narrative in, in verse, um, is narrated by an adolescent slave girl. And um, one of the target markets, not mine, but a publisher. I don't think that I produce things for a target market necessarily, but one of them would have been the middle and, and, and high school a market, so um, oh. Slave Moth would very much be considered um, something for young adults and anyone else. <laughs> right, anyone, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. I think you mentioned that and you allude to it um, when you said the books can be on many places, on many shelves. In one of your poems, you, you yes. say that. You actually yes. um, come right out and say that in um, the, the brackets. Well, um, before we go too much further, Thylius, um, I thought maybe we could talk about Limited Fork, um, your theory. And I, I know you've talked about this before, so um, we'll get to, 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 to new, your new ideas as well. But just there's a lot of people listening that are familiar with Limited Fork, and then there'll be some listeners who are, are new to the, to the fork. <laughs> and... and, uh, and uh, I was I was thinking it was great because in your book Tokyo Butter um, you actually have you include it as almost a manifesto of sorts. Oh yes, right. So what's yes. that like to be able to put a poetic manifesto in your book? Oh, it was absolutely necessary, and of of all things, uh, a, a fork uh, hardly sounds um, especially scholarly, and that pleases me immensely. Uh, and you know, I get to play with a fork, and that it. Uh, is um, what concludes the book uh, is, is, is wonderful. And of course, Limited Fork is both an old idea and a new idea for me. It is constantly renewing itself. So, How so, then? With, or maybe can you tell us just to, a, a brief description of Limited Fork, just to give people a frame of reference? Yes. Well, um, it's defined as um, the study of interacting language systems. And I call it both limited fork poetics and limited fork science. I, I use those interchangeably, at, at least at, at this point. Uh, the language systems that interact would be all visual, all textual, all sonic, all olfactory, all tactile systems and subsystems. Uh, and so that's that has led to the creation of things called poems, that's P-O-A-M, which means product of an act of making, as opposed to a P-O-E-M, which tends to call something definite to mind. That is, many persons will have an idea of what a P-O-E-M is. And so to set out making one, um, there are already limits that the making will tend to conform to in one way or another to some degree. Whereas the POAM, the product of an act of making, um, is much more open and form itself becomes part of what is made uh, depending on the nature of the interactions that are being um, considered in, in some way. And so that is the product of an act of making. And I can tell you, because I, I happen to know this, when 
Limited Fork was born. I was there. I was in Ann Arbor. You were in the movie theater, weren't you? I was okay. in the quality 16 <laughs> cinema on Jackson Road. And that has air hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And this was, this was near the end of, of October of, of 2004. 2004? Yes. Oh, it is. It's so exciting to it's it's so it's really it's 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 brewing and and uh, fermenting oh, yes. and that's right. bubbling. It was it was at that moment at the end of some movie. I don't remember which movie, but at the end of it, the credits and oh, what I thought I understood in that moment. I'm telling you, I was on my feet. I was cheering. And I guess others there, not not that very many <laughs> stayed to the, the end of the movie, but I'm telling you, anyone who was there must have thought that I had seen the greatest movie ever, that it had had such a profound impact on my life, and something had, but again, I don't remember which movie right. it was. Right. But but from that moment, that is that was that was when the last piece settled in. And the last piece so far? Of of this understanding. Oh, okay. And and when it did, um then I became aware of limited fork as a theory, as an approach, as a way of thinking, as a way of, of living. So it had been forming all along, but it hadn't um, taken on enough structure that mm -hmm. I could identify it or even be aware of it. But at that moment um, on that, that weekend in October, um, an understanding came during those credits and then I could understand it and, and, and go forth. And it was an understanding so complete for me that uh, the implications so intense that I could no longer produce work in, in any of the, the way. ways that I had. Oh. I, okay. I couldn't do it anymore. So I no longer believed mm -hmm. what I had believed. So this was a real epiphany, literally, like in the, the sense of something um, coming to you yes not necessarily oh, descending to you right but coming although it to you. although it wasn't sudden again it had been forming just um outside of my grasp right uh, but something about that day that moment when the credits were rolling um i understood another very small part but it was a part that made the idea become um real it took on a reality was it something me. about the the movement of the text on the screen absolutely or, oh is that what it was I, okay i looked at it now mind okay. you, i have seen credits many many times but something right. about it i'm like oh, the credits look at that the words are moving and that meant something that it hadn't meant before yes yes and and did you have um did you have an, a name? Like, did you have the idea of the fork as it, in the in what was mulling? The name came. That is, it all came. That's why I say it. Why I say it was such a um, complete package for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and had it been less well formed, uh, perhaps the transformation would not have occurred. Right. Right. So you, yeah, it had a sense of something old, even though it was coming to old in the way that it's something that you were you knew had been in your subconscious and was emerging. That's what I mean. Not not right. something. Right. And I I think I'd been learned I'd or, been seeking. I'd been looking for something for a number of years. Um, I wasn't one who could um, resort to what I might call um, this is unfair, but what I might call gimmicks where I could just um, pull a little stunt in a poem just for the sake of uh, seeing what would happen. I myself needed 
more purpose, more reason to do that, and limited fork mandated right. in studying interactions. Um, interactions can take many forms. They occur on all scales. Mm-hmm. And that gave me reason to pursue it. Now I'm conducting ex- um, investigations. Right. Uh, and, and these new things that I make, some of them um, video pieces, all of them, because they're concerned with interactions, that means these poems are concerned with behaviors. And being concerned with behaviors, many of them will try to uh, be models of of movement, models of behavior, mm-hmm. uh, and hence uh, my using um, video um, f- to um, make models of certain kinds of behavior, certain kinds of of movement, and the same with sound, um, using sound in in order to uh, again construct models of certain kinds of movement. They're they're models because these systems um, are not ongoing. That is, the video pieces can be played again and again. It is a model. And the content of it does not continue to transform, does not continue right. to, to bifurcate. The equipment by which one can, can access it may change. And, and in that sense, the, the content may be altered. But the content itself is not doing the altering. So they're, they're models right. of systems as opposed to being systems that, that continue and change over time as they adapt to whatever variables and, and influences may present themselves. Right. Um, and it seems like you're, you're using these aspects of, as you said, like the visual, the video and the sound and the layering of other other arts that it's not just poetry that's um, oral or on the page poetry. It's um, but that's but it's it must it has the spirit and the connections that's inherent in in poems though it's still a page you see and and this is why unlimited work has its own vocabulary a page is just the host of the mm-hmm. event mm-hmm. the page can be made of as paper. we are the That's host right. of our own events exactly right. so yeah. the page can be made of paper but need not be the page can be anything can exist anywhere um, at any moment in time on any scale so the page is simply the host page is where a poem exists. And in the next book, because we've got Tokyo Butter here today, Thylias, and in the next book, do you envision that the, it will it will still have a book, uh, it, it will be an object that's a book, but will it also have a DVD included? Is that something like, because I know, because we're going to talk about how you're, you've got the podcasts and, and active in many of the, the visual um, media that's available, but will it come in a way that's an object that someone can sort of take like you would a book off a shelf or well now that will depend of course on on a, a publisher but um certainly um in fulfillment of interactions in a in, in tactile systems i still have um much interest in in objects not just objects that would be known as books but other forms of of object as as well um some of whom uh, some of which will be um appearing uh Fairly soon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's there, there's something coming um, involving 
dolls, and that's all I'll, I'll say about Ooh, that. At, okay, at, at the, but not at in the, the studio, right? Like you mean in the coming months, not in, in, no, in the coming okay. months. Yeah, dolls. <laughs> um, look for them, and I do mean look for for them. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, well, let's um, let's uh, take a short break, Thylias, and um, we're thinking about dolls, and you'll be we'll be right back. Welcome back. If you're tu- just tuning in now, um, with us today on the Living Writers Show, uh, I'm lucky to have Thylias Moss. Um, and we've been talking about her limited fork poetics and, and science, limited fork science. So Thylias, why the fork? Oh, the fork. A fork <laughs> is a wonderful, wonderful device. Uh, for one thing, um, it seems um, graspable. That is literally, literally graspable, and uh, the fork is generally used to access something. There is, um, we'll call it food, and <laughs> there needs to be a way to get this desirable food from some location into the mouth, and from there, that nourishment throughout the body. The hand would work, and the hand is a form of fork, is it not? Or that device itself. So it's a tool of access. And the fork is used because there is something that is desired, or there's some curiosity about it, and the fork then is used to seize it. Yes, and separate it as well. Separate yes. It and- yes. And there's a problem, though. Usually... The fork can't get all of what it's trying to access. It just can't happen. And the fork has a wonderfully flawed design. It's got tines, and there are spaces between these tines. Many, many opportunities for something to be lost. And so though the fork is used to access it, there's likelihood, likelihood that some of what is successfully grasped, some of what is successfully seized, not in all, but some of what of that partiality seized is going to fall through or fall off. And so at best, you have the residue of what you were attempting to access that you get to take in. 
And so the fork is is limited. You know, you know at the outset in using it, you can't get everything. So that's not something to worry about. You're not at the beginning of the thing. You're not at the end of what you're trying to access. You may not be able to identify that location. And so the making doesn't have to be concerned with such issues, nor does the making deceive itself into thinking it has all or can have all. Right, because it's built in space and that's right. Um, yes, air <laughs> in the fork itself. Right, oh, and so and so in 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 that sense, uh, it, it, that's part of the the limitation. Just that um, small um, in bit of information can transform how making occurs, why making occurs, where to place something. But as you're saying it, it sounds less like a, a limit, but more as a freeing part, as a, in a, in the making, because it doesn't have to be everything. It's it should it's by its nature it's part, as you just said. So it seems freeing in a way. You don't have to put everything in all at once. It's it's a piece and it's on its way, right? It's, it's oh, in, yes. In, yes. in progress. And and in, while freeing though, it it also creates um, incredible responsibility. Uh, that is for what it does access. I really have to think about um, how things are behaving together. So it's about communities. It's about um, really a a kind of engagement with citizenship as I'm deciding um, what is interacting, what that looks like. Uh, And and so it's really about making um, communities that exist in some location that we'll call a page, some neighborhood. You use that language in Tokyo Butter. You say the small world and subculture. Yes. And, and so that's a... Well, well, could we hear something by Leas um, now? Certainly. We have a poem. <laughs> Certainly. Um, from, I suppose I will select something from Tokyo Butter. Oh, that sounds, that sounds great. Is there something you would... You can choose. <laughs> oh no! You choose the first one, and then I'll I'll try to. Um, uh, I I love the how you have the epigram from uh, Lucretius at the at the beginning. Um, oh, there's yes. more. Nature dissolves all things into their atoms. Things can't die back down to nothing. Oh. I think that's so important for understanding. Oh, your, absolutely! Your, your and of course, Lu- Lucretius used a limited fork. In in my my tracing, um, limited fork poetic summit at Fork um, Science, um, um, Lucretius is very much um, one of the, the, the antecedents. I, I, I love that um, place where um, he looks um, at the sky. He, he sees celestial stars, and then he looks at a puddle, and he sees in that puddle a reflection of stars. And so here is another sky, and the sky in the puddle is as full of stars as the celestial one. And it is that very profound observation that I, I think is, that, that really embodies the spirit of, of Limited Fork. That is, he has identified two simultaneous infinities. Mm-hmm. The one infinity is confined to the puddle. It is a smaller infinity than the celestial infinity, but they are equally infinite, even though one is smaller mm-hmm. than the other. Mm-hmm. So that's some of that simultaneity, 
um, of limited fork. It is the interaction through uh, the reflection, reflection being a form of, of interaction. It is a study of the surface. I know that awareness of other worlds. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I was I was um, repeatedly taught uh, in writing not to allow my ideas to dwell on the surface. And yet, the surface is not well explored. Mm. The fork wants to understand the surface better, and as the scale of the surface is increased, more and more detail of the surface is revealed. So the surface is extraordinary, and most interactions tend to occur on surfaces where things meet. That is the surface of the interaction. And it starts a powerful momentum within the poems themselves. You Absolutely. really are. It's, it's a, oh, it's, thank you. Yeah, a layering. And it's a, yes, you can feel it. Um, it's strong. <laughs> As I, I try to uh, define powerful, apparently. <laughs> on the air, definitions by Hetzel. Oh, so you've got one, Thylias? Oh, sure. Or, or you, okay. Sure, I do. Because many of the poems are, are very are very long too. What about Saint Francis in the South? Most or, of them are, are are very long. Now, see Saint Francis in the South that reveals a theft, and I'll turn to that on page forty eight. Oh yeah. And for those listeners with their books at home, we're on page forty eight. <laughs> if you're in your car, do not turn. Long ago, I wanted to steal a poem by Galway Canal. I very badly wanted that to be my poem. I felt slighted. I knew, given enough time, I would have written that poem. But he did it first. And I saw it. I, I, I published an essay on the extraordinary hoof and other things about my desire to steal that poem. <laughs> And in this poem, I did. I successfully stole it. And so the lines that I most wanted from Cannell's poem are in mine. <laughs> and I no longer have to go to his poem for those lines, but to my own poem. Poet bandit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's all mentioned. This is a very obvious theft, but I'm, I'm pleased that I accomplished it. Oh, this is a long poem as well. Well, I'll read at least some of it. And then the unbuttered subculture of Cindy Birdsong. That's good. That's the one. But yes, and I'll, I'll read so that I can get to those um, lines I wanted to steal. Deidre in Canel, St. Francis and the Sow. To whom it may concern, the bud stands for Deidre droops for her too, strange burly bowl, within beams of electron bowl, stamens of strawberry tree flower, eschering well as flurry of nipples, also healed locations of foul decapitations beg for suckling, even for those things that don't flower, to anchor there, where Everything flowers from within, establishing the beginning of Nazca, the start of intervention, longitude and latitude interacting with interest in the other, bulging in magnetic shapes here 
and there, at top and bottom in buds of light stretched out in ragged splashes, glimpses of someone dragged through, lynched through, vigilanteed through, rockiness exaggerated by weeks without rain or any other amelioration. Bud dried out to thorn, the flower inactive and more remote though present, idea behind the locked form, armored flower with keyhole as respiratory cell of a rose stamen, on top of necessity to reteach a thing its loveliness beyond what most are willing to see, the effort of Deidre to open to a belief in the cantaloupes available in wild cowslip pollen, a picture also of the aspiration of juggernaut when that is allowed to flower into Krishna, flower of Vishnu who preserves, among other things, the bud and Deidre. A taste of the poem. Oh, thank you, Thylias. You're thank welcome. You. Well, um, let's, you know what? We, we'll go to a short break and then we'll come okay. back with the Cindy Song poem. Um, you're listening to The Living Writers Show and we'll be right back. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, The Living Writers Show. And today we're talking with Thylias Moss. Um, and Thylias is reading from her book, Tokyo Butter. Um, and Thylias, before you start with the poem that you promised us, um, we're, we're looking, well, we're both looking at our copies of the book. And, uh, and there's a poem that actually runs along the bottom of the first pages. Um, and, it, and it goes... And it's a separate poem. It's it's uh, separate from the poems that appear on the, the top, the, the, the normal <laughs> part of the page. And it seems like it goes all the way until you first mention uh, uh, Deirdre. That is correct. Poem. That is correct. Uh, so um, most of the poems have um, 
a kind of vertical placement on yes. on the page within within the limits and that is uh, of of what the paper page um, permits uh, and the um, budget of the the, the publisher uh, but then there is a another poem that moves horizontally through the first uh, 22 or so pages and that is to show how um, Deidre moved through all ideas, all thinking, all parts of, of my attempts to go on um, living. So she was there, um, very much um, a vein, um, the, the, the water, the, the river that moves through all things um, with the ability to over time erode to create patterns based on its presence even after the water has all evaporated. Because you lost Deidre. At, yes, yes, this is where this is co- coming from, the yes. wellspring of... Okay. Yes, and so that poem then moves horizontally, um, suggesting uh, that um, movement of, of water and that process of erosion as it has... Um, made its presence known and felt in these other places where one might not normally expect Deidre to be. After all, uh, Tokyo Butter um, concerns itself with um, forms of persistence. What are the forms uh, in which Deidre remains? What are those? And and hence the table of content is called um, a search search results. And the the long, long um, central poem is called Deidre, a search engine. And I attempted a, a Google search. Um, I still have emails from her on, on my computer. And I started with a link in um, one of her emails to see, um, could I follow that and be led to her? Would I find Deidre through that? And so um, Deidre, a search engine, um, documents that Google search. And so it, it has the actual, um, contains actual results from doing that. Yeah. So, um, and um, part of what came out that is, as I was working on one of these poems, I don't remember which one now, because they're not in the order in which they were written. But while I was writing, I looked up and, um, let's see, without a trace was on television. And it was during that moment that an actual missing person is, is, is mentioned. And so there was a broadcast of um, Cindy's song. And at the moment that I looked up, I immediately typed into what I was writing. Cindy's song has been missing um, since... 2001. Uh, since 2001. And so that became a part of that. And periodically, I would remember that that search. So her family search, and then my search for what remains of, of, of Deidre. These became interacting systems. Mm-hmm. And so throughout, there will be references to, to Cindy, to Cindy's song, and the places um, that that led me to. And of course, uh, for me, in thinking of uh, Cindy's song, I thought of Cindy Bird's song. As, as well. And uh, uh, then uh, this particular poem came out of that. It's the 
unbuttered subculture of Cindy Birdsong. Of course, there are obvious, frankly, reasons that the missing Cindy song since 2001 brings Cindy Birdsong to mind another disappearance from my life, though even when she was active, overly generous, in my entertained days, she was replacement for a missing supreme after Diana and then Florence departed. And after there was some flap, really important to those flapping, but hardly worth resurrecting, seeing as she can still sing like an unspecified backup bird. So no surprise that she's just an afterthought here because of Cindy's song, Who Can't Be Here, though CB sometimes took the lead in pop tunes. Nobody talks about much unless necessary in trivial games where stakes can be lucrative. Millionaires made for knowing Cindy Birdsong was a supreme as little as that. Though at the very least, she was also a daughter and was probably at least once somebody's lover and perhaps the recipient of fan mail and hate mail because she was a supreme after being a bluebell at just about the time that there were still queens for a day. Though rarely African queens on that game show, all the royalty proud recipients of new Frigidaires, Amanas, Bissells, and Hoovers. Cindy's certainly not the only afterthought the linen bag of tomatillos not far from here is another, the shape appealing in the challenged corner of my eye, contorted as if everything's taken in the gut. In one version, it has a drawstring that can be pulled noose tight, then gets turned upside down into ideal bag over shrunken head about to be hung, though shrunken heads don't need redundant trip to the gallows especially since they usually travel better to non-publicized auctions as they make their way into collections. The Hivaro of Ecuador made them best, Santa skullless heads, rather like hairy dates and dried plums, a kind of rum cake with lips stitched, a kind of sturdy yarn cup. The majority of shrunken heads I've seen have Sharpe faces or something that's found in the dark center when a radiation-altered sunflower head opens. Though this majority needs to be qualified, as I've seen only a half dozen shrunken heads outside of movies. And most of those were mostly, I'm sorry, and most of those were monkey heads, mostly in Toronto. Though they weren't saying only monkey resemblances and so forth. Though covering up and burial aren't necessarily more respectable than trophies. Unless the corpse proves incorruptible and becomes a patron saint of compact embalming. Not that, though it could be, the goodness of John the Baptist is shrinkable. Mostly, thinking must be revised. Like many, I once thought everything on television was in television, shrunken to fit into the box, in which case... Cindy Birdsong would have been the most remarkable of the shrunken heads, singing up a storm, the way she did the last time I saw her and loved her in color that could be changed, at volumes that could be changed, but she could not be enlarged without getting out of the box of static and cathode rays, streaming electrons, without giving up hordes 
of atomic and subatomic groupies. <laughs> Thanks, Thylias. You're welcome. <laughs> That was kind of amazing because your voice also changed. Like as you you were a dip, two different you were a different character to begin with, and then you then it was your voice that came out, you know, midway through. That yes. was great. Oh, thank you. That was. Um, uh, can you give us a, a song that Cindy Bird song would have? Um, <laughs> no, no, none of that voice. Okay, all right. Thank you. <laughs> Is that? Um, I, for some reason, I always try to get everyone to sing on the show. Not that I'm, you know, singing away. Um, it's I don't know. It's a it's a flaw. I need to to not try to. Well, to I I I, I do. people into it. <laughs> I I do singing of of some poems i have a number of yes on the of sonic cast they're in the podcast right. and uh does this poem have a life i wanted to ask you that on the podcast or another form or it's is its life in the book no it's it's life is here but it can have another form well now it has radio life that's right and and uh, maybe maybe i'll record it you know when i when i record poems for for that they're usually uh, so that I can ex- explore more sonic interactions they're usually layers and layers of of sound in in those pieces and uh, I try to make sure when I have a video piece that it also exists only in its sonic um, counterpart and the sound isn't meant to merely um, be the um, sonic a translation of, of the visual, they're um, separate systems. And when considered together, when considered simultaneously, there is a third, at least um, a third possibility for meanings that emerges. But I uh, like to always remember to include uh, the um, sonic version separately uh, so that those... Um, who have um, visual um, deficiencies are not deprived of a complete experience. And so the sound exists. Um, similarly, the visual experience is, mit- is meant to be rich enough that without the sound, um, there is something satisfying there. Uh, and, and this is so that I'm, I'm very sensitive to matters of access and and notions of 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 sensory um access and and so this is important i i plan to also have some tactile versions of 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 pieces um some will will use um um um, various um braille scripts Mm -hmm. but others will nevertheless um be will will provide some kind of tactile experience. Uh, this is very um, important to me that uh, a poem can have, poem can have iterations um, that examine what happens when its existence is in um, various kinds of, of, of systems. Uh, what are the, the changes that must occur um, as something um, moves from, say, um, visual limits to take on sonic limits, right? But you're you even do it in your book with visuals and how you're using different um, structures, almost like columns that um, you read across but could could speak to oh, each yes. other, or yes. the picture of the the balloon from the Smithsonian. Yes, um, you use um, symbols, uh, brackets, the 
the plus minus you know equal signs yes. you know so you're you're working with all of those in in some way always yes. so it'll be interesting to see like if there'll be like a piece of like a, a, a rug or like something to feel or an orange yes. peel or yes. something as part of the experience the tactile experience yes. later on yes um so um so and I, thanks for answering that question because i noticed that there was soundtrack to the video poem and then the track of the with bearing the same name as the poem. So now you've answered that question. Where can people find it? Can you um, can you give us your podcast location? Well, well certainly. Uh, go to iTunes and um, either look up my name, um, Thylias Moss, or Limited Fork, and uh, the three podcasts that I have there will, will come up there. Limited Fork, Limited Fork Music, and the Limited Fork Video Anthology. And that's... Um, where work done by students of, of Limited Fork uh, appears. Yes, oh, yes. I, I noticed that too. And you're also, you're blogging now yes, too. There, there, there is, that's right, there are three of those. Just go online and look for Tyne Times. And, Ooh, and all <laughs> three, twister. yes, and, and all three of them will, will appear. Um, and let's see, uh, there uh, Tyne Times and Tyne Times 2. And then there's the, um, Time, time, cyber workshop, and limited fork play space. And uh, what what that will do is to um, give activities that uh, anyone can try with a fork. I think you mentioned that when because you were one of the first people to take part in in the site Quick Muse. Oh yes, right. <laughs> and I think you said that you were then eager to get the fork site up and running yeah. so that other people could get in there and create can um well let's see well why don't we we actually should go to a little break okay. and then we'll come back and sure. um Thylias, uh we'll be right back Welcome back. You're listening to The Living Writer Show. Uh, Thylias Moss in the studio today. Um, Thylias, so we just were mentioning Quick Muse, your, um, the, the poem that you... Can you describe that experience? Because it, it, it was very interesting. The experience I had watching this poem um, become a poem uh, in a certain time frame was really interesting, like the words that you were typing. Can you give us a synopsis of the Quick Muse? Yeah, Quick Muse. That's um, quickmuse.com. And uh, this is the the child of, of Ken Gordon. This was originally conceived as a competition. Two poets would go head-to-head during um, a 15-minute limit. And in that 15 minutes, the poets would uh, receive the topic, would write the poem, 
And at the end of the 15 minutes, uh, the computer, the, the application would no longer accept changes. Mm-hmm. And the piece gets um, just about immediately uploaded. And there it is online so that an audience can vote on... <laughs> I didn't know this aspect of it. <laughs> on a winner of this head-to-head oh, no. competition. And despite that, I still agreed to um, participate. <laughs> because, again, it, it's looking at... It was it was so limited fork, I thought. Right, right. You know, these limitations within a specified period of time. It's a system. Um, and Always going forward, That's really? right. You, and every keystroke is recorded wonderful i said i was i was ready to do it 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 had that that thrill of of really investigating the moment yes yes responding to an elizabeth bishop quote yes. right yes and so uh, i i did it um, and you can now see that poem yes. in real time. It will play back the That's experience right. and what of watching you create it and the moments in between words or where, yeah. That's I, right. So there's a choice between seeing the finished poem, but also watching it pl- play back in real time in those 15 minutes. Uh, the competition part sort of um, disappeared, I'm glad. So there's yes. no voting on, on a winner. That's to American Idol somehow, well, right? Yes. <laughs> though, th- though there are... Um, forums it's it's just fascinating to be able to watch the poem unfold yes that's it in that's in that way exactly and it. and to to notice um there's usually time that is in in most cases in in most of these agons writing doesn't begin immediately there's a little delay as as the the poet is figuring out where to begin and and these topics mind you some of these topics may not be anything that the poet would choose. Right, that not like your current obsession, that you have everything at your fingertips. Well, actually, thinking of current obsessions, Let's hear the new work, Thylias, because we have such limited oh, time. Oh, of course, of <laughs> course. And seeing it um, is, is, is important. Oh, so. yes. I'll have to witness this then. Yes. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. And there's almost like there's a lake or a body in the middle. That's there exactly right. And there are other pieces that could actually fit. fit. Oh, later. That can be um, almost uh, it's set like a puzzle piece. Fit yes. Into it from That's okay. right. And so this is... Um, me and Bubble went to Memphis. Me and Bubble went to Memphis. I did everything I could for Bubble to have a better name. But that didn't happen. Maybe because of how the name immediately stuck to the problematic motherhood of Bubble. How she wanted to burst the bubble of her abdomen every step of the way. How she wanted to stick pins in bubbles, bubble head. Much too big for the birth canal, bowling ball down twisted alley, hair all slick birth products a dip in batter. That was years ago, way before... Me and Bubble watched the little rascal's door-sized cake. White like every kitchen door I've ever walked through. Maybe I've entered only test kitchens. Maybe there was some doubt about everything being cooked up when I entered the scene. Often dragging Bubble, 
who was compelled, since he couldn't be an astronaut to wear a diving helmet that he built himself, strict to specifications in modern mechanics, so thrills of lake bottoms could be his lust for bubbling bogs. He saw thick-skinned bubbles rising out of slime, membranes that housed feral embryos, snake mounds of braid above the ear, over a swell of head, hairy hump graft, of miniature camel taking hold in some maddening science, like the physics of going to Memphis with bubble, wearing a slab of polyurethane-coated ribs, pageant sash slabs, pageant sash slabs of ammunition, He sprayed his mother's face with polyurethane, too, when he got there, some of it splattering off the sides of her casket like bubbles of bacon grease, as if to coat particles of air, tiny globules of synthetic sleet going up the nose, breath of tiny bubble tea, his Air supply, in depth of bog so thick, he walked on it as he nearly drowned, pushing his mother's casket, turned botched kite off a cliff, scouted good ones the four days it took to get through Knoxville because of scouting, then once in Memphis, collecting tin cans ten inches in diameter, thirteen inches deep, cookie cans destined to become diving bells, destined to be outfitted with plate glass windows, destined to be placed tight against his face, his lips pressed wider, nose flattened, the punch of the deep, just as long as he didn't go too deep, just as long as he didn't get too near the center of anything remaining in some margin near some border, some sideline where he could have been unnoticed had it not been for that collection of tin can diving bells, each one over a commandeered head like crude armor that he found out couldn't stop a bullet. Repeat, couldn't stop a bullet. And Bubble couldn't stop firing, monogramming executions, polite, oversized hankies with air holes, air holes, air Thank you, Thylius. That's so. That's that's part one of this poem. That's not the the complete poem. Then I didn't because I didn't know if you were. I was waiting, sort of on the edge of the the pause there. Wow. Yeah, because that's page one of four or five pages, or no, more. 
don't mime it, finally, as you have to say it. Now. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. No. I, I, I had to, you know, you get, to, get out of yes, the bubble. That's true. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, I think I'm in, I was trying to pull you back, too. Thank you. It's, it's um, a, a whole, um, I don't know what it is yet. It's, it's forming. There's a video poem called Bubbling that's online in various places, including... <clears throat> Uh, YouTube, the Forker Girl uh, channel. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. the Forker Girl. Well, a bubble is another container, isn't it? And, yes, it is. And, and you're very interested, actually I am too, in the con- the container and the contained. And, yes. And what is um, inside a container is often more than what can actually fit inside, like what a container contains. Yes. Well, it's, it's very interesting how, how content once um, released from a container uh, can be too big to return into that container. And also, by shifting scale, that which was contained becomes a container. Or, by going in the other direction, that um, which was container becomes contained. Right, right. How did, did, um, are you often... um always aware that the body is the container working that you're working within is that something that that you're oh 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 certainly constantly. that that is in in thinking about how things are behaving together how they are interacting what's happening in 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 communities um certainly the body becomes um in and of itself a, a community a single body uh that um contains many um, subsystems. Cells and, and then, That's a, right. then a spirit or, or, or an essence of some sort. A- a- absolutely. Yes. And, and so this has um, increased um, my um, awareness of the relationships uh, that, are, that are present um, and what um, activates um, a particular kind of um, behavior. Um, why might um, a certain behavior um, manifest and not another, right? Um, and so it's it's to in, to investigate um, all of that, and of course the investigation itself helps certain behaviors to manifest, right? Or or it can be an investigation, be an experience of our containers as as because of health or because yes. of aging in a yes, right? Because we oh yes 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 all of that, all of that, and and there are pieces that um, I have some pieces my galactic octopus is um uh, a, a video piece it was actually in the um video vanguard um film festival uh and that piece ex- explores uh, the body as as a, a container as a limited container as an imperfect container uh and also some of what that body contains as um also being co- containers yes. and 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 that piece can be seen in um, one of the limited fork punk podcasts, oh, the Forker Girl channel. Oh, that would be great. Well, yeah. that, that um, well, you know, this this is this is almost our time, Thylias. We could talk oh in, for much longer. I feel like we're just at we're certainly yeah. just at the cusp of containers, and we could move to collections. And yeah. um, uh, but but thank you so much for being on the Living Writers Show oh, today. You're, you're welcome. It was my pleasure. And and maybe maybe you'll come back. Maybe and I will. So, and yeah, and and if I come back, I'll I'll bring because I exist on recording some some of my um um pieces there. The, the music 
Oh, wonderful. Okay. And then we can play that as our breaks. Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks to Chaz Barrett, our engineer. And thanks to those listening in Ann Arbor. Thanks to those streaming um, in Seattle, Florida, England, and beyond. And thank you very much, Thylias Moss. Um, uh, next week, we have Peter Marcus on the show. And um, until then.